Welcome to the Elm City Church Podcast. Elm City Church is a community of people who are trying to practice the way of Jesus together. No matter where you're at, these messages are meant to equip and strengthen you for the journey. You can find out more by visiting elmcitychurch.com. Thanks for listening. There are times in our lives where what we need most is a good dose of reality. And this is often referred to as a reality check. A reality check is a moment where you're reminded, even confronted, with how things really are, not how you wish they were. Uh, Last Monday, just about two weeks ago, I had my own personal major reality check. So I was playing basketball with, uh, with a group of friends, and towards the end of the game, which actually became the very end of the game, I decided that I was going to make a quick move. I was going to slide past the defender on a fast break and kind of test test my legs, see what I still had left. Um, A really good definition of reality is what you bump into when you are wrong. And boy, was I wrong about my ability to accelerate past my friend on that fast break. Because the minute I took a big step, I heard two pops in my left leg, one pop in my right leg, and I fell down, unable to use either of my legs. It was a very humiliating moment. Um, luckily, I had some great friends who picked me up, and they carried me over to the bench. I like to think they carried me like a hero. Um, I don't know if that's what it actually looked like. <laughs> they had to carry me and place me in the back of my truck because I couldn't bend my legs, and I sent my wife a quick text like, hey, just so you know, uh, just a couple people are going to help me inside, no big deal. And they had to carry me to my recliner because I couldn't walk. And then the next day, carry me to my van so I could go to the doctors. Um, I thought for sure I was going to be preaching in a recliner for at least the next two weeks. So in light of that, I would just like to take this moment and announce to the world my retirement from pickup sports of all kinds. I know that this might come as a shock to you all, but I've decided it's time for me to move on. And I really like to think that I left kind of like a hero, being carried off the court, sort of my own little Rudy moment. Um, At least that's what I'm going to tell myself. I'm going to just take my talents elsewhere. I'm going to stick to safer things like knitting, maybe golf, things that are now in my new wheelhouse. Uh, But in all all seriousness, I'm excited to share this morning from uh, Paul's letter to Colossians. Because in Colossians 1, 3 through 9, Paul gives many of us what I think we need at this moment, and that's reality check. If you're watching us and you're new to Elm City or you're not a follower of Jesus, I hope this morning is really helpful because in it, hopefully as I explain, you'll understand why Christians can have hope even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And if you are part of our Elm City family, again, this is an important morning because I think we need to come together and we need to have a reality check. Now remember, a reality check is when you are reminded of the real state of things in the world. So here's where we can start. Understanding the gospel changes everything. And here's why. It's because we have faith in a real event that happened in the past because of our faith in the resurrection of Jesus. We are given hope for the future, which allows us to be people of love today. Let me say that one more time because that's going to be key to this whole morning. Because of our faith in a very real event that happened in the past, we have a secure hope for our future which allows us to love others in the present. Because I think we really need that perspective right now, because let's be honest, this has been a tough week. There's no way around it. 
Justin and I have been talking, and as much as you know, we're trying to do our best, and with even with this new format, and we know God is in control, and we're not doubting any of that. But honestly, we're like, man, this stinks. Like meeting like this, and because we 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 miss we miss you guys, and and at the very least, it's been a tough week for you as you're trying to figure out how do I work from home with young kids and trying to do this whole distance learning thing and virtual learning. You know, all the teachers out there, big props. You guys worked really hard, and you did a really good job to get, to get it where it is or it is right now. Um, but it's not, a, not easy. I know some of you were struggling financially, even before this. And so this, this, whole, this whole thing is really making you feel unsettled. Uh, I've been talking to some small business owners, and they're trying to navigate, how do I carry payroll and keep my employees on? Like, how, how, do, we, how do we manage all of that? You know, and if you have an underlying health condition, this is a scary time. You know, I could go on and on. You know, you're probably sick of talking about it, and I won't. But it's okay to just say, you know what, this stinks. It really does. And, but this is why I think this passage is so valuable to us right now. Because without denying our very real circumstances, or just giving us wishful thinking for an uncertain future, we can hold fast to this truth. Through the hope that Christ gives, we can face anything. Through the hope that Christ gives, we can face anything. Let me read uh, Colossians chapter 1, and I'm just going to read verses, verses 3 to 9. This is Paul's introduction, and this is what he says. We always thank God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints because of the hope laid out for you in heaven. Of this you heard before in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you, as indeed in the whole world it is bearing fruit and increasing, as it also does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. It's clear from this letter that this church got it. And Paul starts it off this whole letter with a note of thanksgiving because he sees in them the three qualities that are evidence of their faith in King Jesus. And they are this, faith, hope, and love. And let me, let me kind of talk about how these, things work, these three things work together. And I, and I said it before. But because of their faith in a very real thing that happened in the past, the resurrection of Jesus, they now have a secure hope for the future and something that won't be taken away from them. And because of that, it allows them to live as people of peace and people of love in the present. Um, but so let's look at their faith. First, let's look at their faith. Paul in verse, uh, verse four, also in verse six, it kind of it it jumps around a little bit, but this is what he says. First, he says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. And going on later, he says, we also heard about how you Heard it, being the gospel, and understood the grace of God in truth. And so here's the pattern that we see. Here's the pattern that we see. One, this church heard the gospel. Two, they understood the gospel. And then by faith, they received the gospel. So here is the story that they heard. Through the preaching of the apostle Paul, this guy named Epaphras, he was in Ephesus when Paul was preaching, and he heard the good news of Jesus, he, and he accepted it and became a follower of Jesus. And then he traveled from Ephesus back to his hometown of Colossae and started a church. 
And this is the church that Paul is writing this letter to. And, and so here is the summary of this life-changing story that, that he would have told them. Um, this summary I'm going to highlight was put together by a guy named James Chung, and it's uh, in a short book that's great called Based on a True Story. And he uses four big movements to, under, to uh, explain the gospel. So the first is this. You know, even before the coronavirus turned our lives upside down, it was pretty clear to everybody that there's brokenness in the world. You know, even though a lot of good things are happening right now and people are pitching in and, and doing their best, I think the brokenness of the world is still on display. You know, our, our relationships are not what they should be. The planet is a mess, and even our best forms of, rela- of government still has major flaws. It's as if we all feel this ache that the world is not how it should be. You know, why is that? Don't you find that a little bit curious that we all have an ache, that this world isn't the way it is? It's as if we all long for a world that doesn't exist, one that just works, one where we're gonna have to deal with all of this stuff and all this mess. But here's what the Bible tells us. We don't ache for a world that doesn't exist. We ache for a world that no longer exists because this is Christianity's answer to where that universal longing comes from. We long for a perfect world because that's what we were designed for. The story of the Bible starts off not with a mess, but with a garden, but with God's good creation. And it's describing a time that there once was where everything was it should be. All our relationships were perfect between each other and between God. And this whole understanding of shalom, of peace, is what reigned and described everything. And I feel like it's almost as if everybody carries with them this distant memory of Eden. It doesn't matter who you are. You long for a world where we're not having to deal with any of this stuff. But it was because of something the Bible calls sin that changed everything. You know, God gave us the ability to choose. And we, as a race, chose uh, to, to rebel. He was king, and we decided we wanted to be king. And that choice reverberated through the whole world. And it infected a bit of everything. Now, this doesn't mean that we believe that everything is 100% bad, but we do believe that sin has affected 100% of everything because even at our best, things are not perfect. Things are not the way they should be. But here's where the hope comes in. Here is where the hope comes in in the story of Jesus is such good news. Because Jesus, we, we have this faith that this was a real thing. He was a real person, the real son of God. And this truth of how Jesus impacts our lives is kind of played out all throughout the book of Colossians. It explains it so well. Because through this letter, it explains how Jesus is reconciling all things. Because Jesus came and he showed us what God was really like. He showed us with true love and peace and patience and gentleness, all of these things. He showed us what this was like. He lived that perfect life that we all should live, but can't. And then on the cross, in some way I'll never fully understand, he took on himself all the damage and sin of the world, and he paid for it. And then in another mysterious way, the Bible says that the power of sin and death died with Jesus. And when he rose, he rose again, proving that death no longer has the final say. Jesus came so that we can be reclaimed for the better. But the story doesn't end there. 
Because followers of Jesus are not just saved and redeemed, but they're sent out to proclaim this message of reconciliation. And we're not just sent out as individuals. We're sent out together as a new family of God. At Elm City Church, we talk all the time that our mission is to be people who practice the way of Jesus together. We are sent out together to be agents of healing, reconciliation, and forgiveness that is core to the good news. This church, they heard this message. They heard it, but more than that, they understood it because they took it a step further. That's a great story, but it's one that demands a response. And Paul says, not only did you hear it, but you understood the grace of God and truth. And because they put their faith in it, that story became their reality. But as we, as we see, the gospel isn't just something that happened in the past. It also proclaims a future, a future reality that greatly changes how we live in the present. So the reason why this church lives so differently, the reason why Paul could say, I am just so excited to hear about your love for each other and how the fruit of the gospel is bare is completely evidenced in your life. Do you know why he was able to say that? This is what he says in verse five. He says, we heard of the love you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up for you in heaven. See, in the final chapter of the Bible, the whole story comes full circle. This good world that we long for is actually our reality that the Bible speaks of. You know, heaven, heaven is not some disembodied, boring state where we're kind of up on clouds and we're playing harps. I remember growing up and hearing that, I'm thinking, sounds terrible. Sounds really boring. But what the Bible pictures heaven is, is, is earth recreated. Heaven and earth come down. Life as it always should be. It pictures it as, as more real than what we have now, not less real. So that fact and that reality is what totally changed how the early church lived. You know, Christian hope, it is not wishful thinking. It is certainty about the future rooted in the past. That's what the Bible means when it talks about hope. You know, because Jesus really rose from the dead, our future resurrection and, and the restoration of all things is a certainty. Christian hope means, means clinging to that. I know I... Uh, just off, stepped off camera for a minute, but um, I got a thing that I think might help. This might seem weird to you, but a jack-in-the-box has always helped me understand Christian hope. Because hope is, it's a feeling of anxious anticipation for the future. And uh, my, you know, my buddy Jack, who's, who's, who's stuck in here, here's the thing. Once the music, once the music starts... You know Jack is coming out of this box. It's this, it's almost this, this nervous feeling. But once it starts, here he comes. That hope, again, is that feeling of anticipation, knowing what is coming. And here's what is true and what Christians have always believed. That the resurrection of Jesus has started the music on our future resurrection and then restoration of all things. Because we know what happens at the end of the song. You know, when Jesus comes back, he's gonna make everything new. And the resurrection means the song has started. And we don't know how long the song is gonna be, but we know it started. And we know what's gonna happen when it comes to an end. 
the restoration of all things. We're going to live in perfect harmony with God and with each other, and all is going to be made right. That is our very real living hope. And because of that reality, we can face our present circumstances with a sense of peace and love for others. And that does not mean that we have to minimize our circumstances. That doesn't mean we have to pretend that everything's going to be okay, because it might not in the here and now. Like this is, We're in a potentially really difficult time. But here's the thing. Hope gives us the power to face our circumstances. And listen to the words of Jonathan Edwards. He was a preacher who lived in the 1700s whose words are still true for us today. This is what he says. Because of the gospel, our bad things can turn out for good. Our good things can never be lost. And the best things are yet to come. How's that for a reality check? That is true no matter what our circumstances are. Now, I just... In closing, I wanted to add one thing because I know I've heard this question as being asked by a lot of people and maybe you're thinking it and you're afraid to voice it, but it's this. Where's God in all this? Where's God's will in this? Why is this happening? So here is just, this is my bit of advice, maybe for you who are watching and, you're a, and you consider you're a follower of Jesus and maybe you're asked this question. Here's my, my biggest piece of advice to start off. It's this. Refrain from giving a trite answer on this. Refrain from pretending you understand everything that's going on, especially when you're walking people through suffering. Because the truth is, we may never know exactly why this is happening and how God is going to use it. You know, we can have full confidence that He is going to, but He has not promised to give us any special insight into it. Uh, my, my Tuesday morning men's group, we've been going through a book by J.I. Packer called Knowing God. And just this past week, the chapter was on uh, God's will and understanding God's will. And Packer, he retold a story that was originally told by Elizabeth Elliot. She was a missionary to Ecuador. Her and her husband and some other missionaries went there to reach what's called an unreached people group, just people who have never heard the gospel. And oftentimes, these unreached people groups, uh, the Bible's not even translated into their language. And if you are familiar with the story, um, unfortunately, Elizabeth's husband, Jim, very early on was killed by this tribe, the very tribe he was trying to reach. But amazingly, this did not deter Elizabeth Elliot. And uh, not that long after, she started the process of trying to translate that tribe's language so that she could um, give them the scriptures in their own language. And she worked for eight months on this project. And then she had to hand it off to another colleague. And two days after she handed all of her last eight months of work off to her colleague, someone broke into her colleague's house and stole it. And the files were lost and they had no backup copies. Eight months of work seemingly wasted and down the drain. But listen to her response. She said this, I simply had to bow in the knowledge that God was his own interpreter. We must allow God to do what he wants to do. And if you're thinking that you know the will of God for your life and you're anxious to do that, you're probably in for a very rude awakening because nobody knows the will of God for, their, for his entire life. I mean, often bad and confusing things are going to happen and we might never know why. But here is what we can know for sure and what we can cling to. Because the story of Jesus is true. 
Because God loved us enough to send his son to live the perfect life and die on the cross for our sins. And because when he died, the power of sin and death died with him. And because he rose again triumphantly on the third day. Do you know know we can have, you know, we know? One day he will restore all things. And this one story unlocks all other stories. Because this is true, we can have real hope. We can experience real peace, not by escaping reality, but by embracing reality. Christians, through the hope that Jesus offers, we can endure anything. Because our faith, faith is only as valuable in what it's placed in. A good question to ask is, does the object of your faith inspire hope? I know mine does, because I have faith in Jesus. You know, everyone right now is trying to spread hope, trying to spread cheer, And maybe you saw there was a video of a bunch of celebrities that kind of mashed up singing John Lennon's Imagine. I could make it through about 14 seconds of it because the singing quality was terrible. But as I was watching it, honestly, I just felt sad. I mean, listen to the first verse. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. I thought... How is that message good news at all? That does not inspire any hope in me. That makes me depressed thinking about that. You know what it did, though? It made me more thankful for the hope that I have in Jesus, a hope that looks beyond our circumstances, something real and secure. And that hope of Jesus, that can be yours today. If you have heard the good news this morning, as I laid out like the Colossian church would have heard it, And maybe through God's grace, you're starting to feel that you understand it. And the final thing to do is respond to it in faith. And the one way you can do that is through a prayer. And this prayer isn't magic or anything like that. All it is is just voicing what God's already been doing in your heart, voicing what you've already kind of begun to believe. So if you're out there and you're listening, again, I don't know who's listening, but this is starting to make sense to you. Here's a way you can respond to God. And it goes like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I have come to believe that my sin has separated me from you. And I also know that sin must be punished. But I now believe that Jesus took on my punishment when he died in my place on the cross and rose again. Right now, I trust Jesus alone as my Savior. Thank you for accepting me and the forgiveness and eternal life I now have. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, you know, in some version, expressing what you believe with me this morning, and then all of what we talked about this morning is starting to click, then this hope is yours and is a real reality in your life now. And we want to connect with you, even, even digitally. You know, so you can, there's, a, there's even a box on this uh, if you're following the uh, live stream at the, the 10 o'clock or the 7. There's a box you can say, you know, I, I made a decision or I want, I want prayer. Send us a private message um, because this is just the beginning. You have been reconciled to God. Your relationship is prepared. And this is, just the be- this, again, this is just the beginning of a new journey with God. We want to help you do it. So everyone, thank you all for watching. Thank you all for being with us in this, in this way. Like I said, I really miss our face-to-face time. You know, I'm doing this right now at church <laughs> with a bunch of empty chairs. And I'm not going to lie, it makes me sad. But I love you guys. I can't wait to be with you again soon. But until then, 
let's rest in this reality. That one, our bad things can turn out for good. Our good things can never be lost. And the very best things are yet to come.